If you're looking for a clean, sober, professional, academic, well-researched, historically accurate, generally accurate, serious podcast on Southern folklore, ghosts, bizarre events, and unique people, this podcast is not for you. However, if you've decided you can live with that, then join us for The Strange South. Be like Florida weather soon. Mm-hmm. Shh. Okay. Shh. Um. Um. Hi, Marleya. Hi, Patrice. <laughs> Is that what you were getting at? <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Hi, good? Courtney." Hi, y'all. <laughs> She's like, Hi. "I'm still waiting, <laughs> waiting for my introduction." She's like, "I'm ready to talk about this drink." Uh, okay. None of chit chat. I know. I started asking her about the drink before we went on, and she's like, "I'll tell you in a minute." But it's this. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> mm, it's cold. Mm-hmm. If that if that intro stays, you'll know we've been freezing here in Alabama. Mm-hmm. Like literally for real like freezing. Nine degrees. Like it's degrees. been colder than my friends in Massachusetts. Well, I was in New York City when that happened and I looked at the weather for Jacksonville and it was 11. And when I looked at the weather that I was in in New York, it was 22. So. But what was your wind chill? Well, some days <laughs> it was bad. Uh, some days. And I, of course, wouldn't. Take my stupid ass walking around Jacksonville when it's nine degrees like mm-hmm. I did in New York City because I'm like, I'm here. I've got to get outside. Yeah, right. There was a lot of taxi and lift going on, <laughs> even for what I would have any day walked a point for a mile. Right. No. Yeah. Un- no. It was unacceptable. <laughs> this is unacceptable. Disrespectful cold. Well, didn't you say it there was, was disrespectful. ice? There Was there 19, ice on the 17? sidewalks? Oh, yeah. It snowed one day. It snowed mm. and then... It kind of was like Alabama snow as in slush, you know, mm-hmm. and of course they salt the roads and, and they salt the sidewalks, but then it just refreezes. Mm-hmm. And so there was a lot of slippery spots. So it was actually kind of dangerous if you did, you know weren't paying attention. You could busted your head on the sidewalk. And But the snow that did come, it was pretty. And, you know, they acted like we would hear. It was kind of nuts. Like I kept the news on every morning, like New York one or whatever. And, and they were like, we're supposed to get one inch of snow today. We're, you know, we're projected to have one inch in Central Park. And they were like, it's been 700. It was 701 days since they'd had snow. Really? Oh, wow. That was at least an inch accumulation. So no every newscast had repeated over all day for day, two days. We're expecting snow. It's been 700 days. It's been 700. It was February 2022. That's was the last time they had that's snow. That's surprising. Yeah, I know. And, and my friend who was with me, she was like, why are they acting like they're in Alabama talking about snow like they never get it? And I was like, <laughs> they said it's been 700 days. So they had some late, like late school, and then some parents were just like on the news saying, "Oh well, we're taking a snow day while it's here to like sled and stuff." Mm-hmm. You know, in the commute, some people were coming in on the train and stuff, and it was a little icy, but it that went away pretty fast. But the cold did not. Mm-hmm. It was cold. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah, I've been colder once in my life, but not much. Close. <laughs> yeah, yeah, colder and bone I, cold. I was prepared. Lots of wool, double layers, multiple pairs <laughs> of socks, Gore-Tex boots. Scarves, hats, mm-hmm. wool coats, gloves. I wasn't messing around, but Mm-mm. I still was cold. That's why I have not been cold. I mean, I've not been warm in about 10 days, so I decided it's time for a warm drink. Yes. This is something I've never really made before, and I, they kind of stared at me when I got out of the car with a crock pot. <laughs> I was like, I'm here with my crock pot. So I was looking at recipes. I usually get inspiration. I, we went to a couple of places in New York that had like some hot wine drinks, kind of mulled wines or something. Some that were coffee, hot coffee kind of cocktails. So I started searching for some kind of recipe and I found 
uh, a crockpot recipe for a red wine hot chocolate. And that is what this is. We're calling the red wine cocoa, but it's um, is semi-sweet chocolate, cocoa, sugar, milk in a crock pot with a bottle of red wine. <laughs> it's really it's surprising. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is, is really isn't good. It? I mean, it kind of. Um, you don't mm. get the red wine vibe at all, Mm-mm. but it gives it kind of a nice kind of round, different mm-hmm. yeah. flavor. Um, it but it complements. It, thank you. It complements it very well. So this is probably only a one mug kind of drink for me, especially since it has real milk. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you could do almond or whatever, but I wanted to keep it as real to hot chocolate as I could. So it's creamy rich. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's creamy. It's delicious. It is delicious. And it's got marshmallows, marshmallows and, and, um, shaved and shaved chocolate. Shaved dark chocolate on mm-hmm. the top. Mm-hmm. Cheers, y'all. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. Still Good. warm. Good stuff. Good stuff. I had two things I wrote down in my notes that I was trying to decipher that I was going to talk about. Oh, awesome. I, I don't know if I really have anything pre-show to talk about other than um, like I did my story this morning. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, but I mean, I've had the idea for my story. It's just, you know, it's like gather resources and then sit down and actually put it together, which happened this morning. And it's been a while since I've done that. Like, it's, it's been a minute. And um, I enjoy it. I enjoy putting stories together, especially when... I have a surprising story that I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe we've never talked about this or heard about this or anything. So I'm I'm a little excited. It's It's been a month almost since we've been in here together, too. That's Mm -hmm. true. It's like the 21st. We're kind of rusty. We are a little rusty. I don't feel rusty. I feel fine. (laughs) Maybe one more shot and I will, too. (laughs) It's funny. I was I was like telling my kids this week because they finally... They were out of school for five and a half days because of between the winter weather and the windy weather. There was like we went from tornado storms and, and winds, King Day holiday. Martin Luther King Day and then deep freezes and mm-hmm. ice. So it was five and a half days out after two days back at school, I think. Mm-hmm. Right. Or it was there was a little in between there. Yeah. But then my husband got COVID in between there, too. So I was like, it hasn't felt normal to me yeah, since you don't like late December or yeah, or mid-December. So it's like, I'm having a blast this last couple of days because I'm like, they fucking back at school. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, I can actually work without oh distraction. Oh, I know. Yeah. During all that time, one of the things and I honestly, you guys probably won't remember either. There's a reason why I wrote this down. Maybe viewers will remember. But uh, I watch X-Files with my older kid. And we haven't watched it in a really long time. And we came upon what is apparently the banned episode of The X-Files, which was not apparently widely shown when it was new. Or they didn't have it in syndication for a really long time because of the way it was received when it was new. It was season four, episode two. And it was an episode. It's not good. That, That doesn't sound good. The band? Any, anytime you have like a band or singing where you're like. No, no, no. Not band like ding, 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 ding. Oh, ding. That's what band I like censored. Band. Ooh. Now everybody's interested. Now I'm interested. <laughs> I was like, oh my banned. God. That's... The banned episode. Ye nice. old banned episode of the X-Files. But the name of it is rehearsal. <laughs> no, it is not. That's what it is. Season four, episode two. Oh, wait. That's no, it's not. It could have been For like some reason it pulled up family succession. matters or something, <laughs> which is it's, something I just finished last night. Oh, yeah. oh really? I've got. I should probably I watch it. it. I don't know. I, I haven't decided whether I'm going to watch it, but I probably will. No, it, it was it was home home. It was disturbing and gory and really yeah, but gory in a weird way. And it was all about like a small and I don't even think it was a southern town. I feel like it was a Midwest town. Honestly, I can't remember. 
but it was um like one family in the town that had been from pre-civil war times in mm-hmm. in the town and had the house and they had decided to keep their bloodline going Uh-oh. and had passed down like all manner of you know deformities and mm-hmm. you know disabilities because they decided to keep their bloodline going mm-hmm. so we're talking about incest we're talking about like incest this infanticide flat infanticide, out in the yes. pre what pre-opening yes. credits what with like visuals of the child's hand and blood it looks like the hills have eyes it's a lot like the hills have eyes and it's one of the worst scripted episodes i mean there's some pretty bad scripted episodes the x-files out there but i was just like i i I think i like took a photo of the screen at one point sent it to my kids with like hearts all around jillian anderson because i'm like jesus that woman put up with so much (laughs) to deal with david Duchovny all those years actually i'm sure they're close friends but anyway (laughs) Yeah, it was weird. Oh, wow. I don't I honestly don't remember why I put it in this note. I figured maybe people would be interested, maybe. That is interesting. Speaking of shows, let's go ahead and, and go full in. Like I said, I, I finished Succession. I have thoughts on that. I'll share those with y'all later. Um, but did y'all watch the new de- uh, True Detective? Not, Not yet. yet. And oh. I'm like, I really can't wait. Have oh. you watched the whole thing already? Well, they're doing it episode by oh, episode. Cool. So tonight, it, the second episode came out and I made Chad watch it the other night and he was like, fuck. Uh, <laughs> I really like, I I think I want to watch it more than most people that I mm. want. Like I, I'm excited just because of Jodie Foster. I, like, yes, but I had no like idea going into this first episode. Like, I hope I don't get disappointed. I had no expectations going in. And then like all the things that I was hit with in that first episode, I was like, holy shit. I cannot <laughs> wait till Sunday gets here. I can't believe they're doing it episode by episode, but that's what they're doing. I kind of love it when they do that. I oh, love it when they stop it from myself. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Did you watch the other seasons? Did you watch any other True Detectives? Uh, yeah, I've, I've seen all of them. Yeah, I've only watched one and... So the first one, I watched two. The second one was not that good. Third, yeah, I think I we like talked the about this. Yeah, the, and the third, third one, one we did. I you enjoyed. said the third one was better. I, I enjoyed. It and wasn't I as good as it. it wasn't as good as the first one. I think the first one because it was so new. And mm-hmm. but I really enjoyed the third one as well. Um, you know, it's just a different story. It's like you really can't compare them because they're mm-hmm. different stories, different people. You know, different struggles. But this this last one, I am just like, what the fuck is okay, going on? You're selling me. Oh, you're my selling God. Me. And I didn't even really need to be sold. But oh, this my is going to be one that goes I, at the top of my list. Yeah. Like expectations exceeded. Well, sure. I just finished Fargo finally. Oh, that's right. Because yes. the guest on Stephen Colbert that I went to see mm-hmm. was Juno Temple, who is Keely from Ted Lasso. And she is the star of the last season of Fargo, which I started oh. watching during break. And. She was one of the guests, her and Clive Owen, when I went to when I went to see the filming of the show. Yeah, like in studio filming of wow. Stephen Colbert's Late Show. Yeah, so I was super excited when I found out she was going to be the guest because I was at the final episode and it was I had I had started watching it so late that I got to binge because they did ep- weekly episodes, but I had to catch up. And so the last two weeks I was like with the live episodes, and then I figured out that I was going to be gone when the finale came out. <laughs> But then I found out she was going to be on the show on the night that the finale came out, but I still didn't get to watch it till I came home. Mm. And it is so good. And you will hate John Hamm 
so much. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not a big John Hamm fan well, anyway. I am. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. So charming, but he is not in this. Mm. Acting wise, it's great, but he's an evil, evil, evil person. Mm. So I love Fargo. I, and I started watching the series. Did you watch? Yeah. But I haven't. It? But like, you know, I wasn't. I got interrupted and then just never. Well, went it's one back of those you it. don't have to watch them all either. Right. Some of there's connections in some of them, but this one is set in 2019, so it's probably the set the most recent. There are some that are early 2000s when it starts, then goes back to the 50s. The one that Chris Rock is in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of hate it when shows do that. Ah, uh, why? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's like anytime like there's a series going on and then they do a flashback to like before times. I'm like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. It's like, first of all, you just interrupted my storyline. And no, no, they're not. It's not in the same series. OK, OK. Not in the same season. Like each season is a different oh, time period. Okay. And it'll, it'll, like True Detective. Yeah, like True Detective. It skips oh, okay. around in time. Oh, OK. And there are a few like characters that might cross over a little bit like. Mm-hmm. From the early 2000s when they're old and then they would be young in the like 50s oh. and 60s okay, kind of stuff. But okay. you don't have to watch them in order. But this one is fantastic. Jennifer Jason Lee. Oh, I love her. It, she's great. And then Juno Temple and um, Steve from Stranger Things. It took me half the... Steve the Hare Harrington. Oh, my God. I love Steve. <laughs> well, I didn't know it was him until like episode seven because he keeps his hair slicked back. And then he, he got it all mussed up one time. And I was like, oh, my, oh God. my God, I know I you. Know you. <laughs> I kept thinking he's so familiar. He's so familiar. It took his damn hair for me to realize. That's hilarious. Was. He was very good in it, too. It's worth a watch. I'm just saying. He was a surprising breakout character in Stranger Things. Yeah, I ended up loving him. Uh, yeah, yeah, he, he they became did. one of my favorite characters. Well, that's coming out, what, next year? Next mm-hmm. year are they coming out with the last Stranger Should've Things? Should it be 24 now? Ever, uh, the kids are talking to me about all their, like, theories oh, and shit. people They're are probably. mad about this and that. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, you don't. know... They're probably hmm. all over the oh, they YouTube. Know they know. Oh all my gosh! Oh, I have I have spoilers. I have one more recommendation. Spoilers. Okay. Yes. My final recommendation is a book recommendation. Ooh. Because I read on the uh, recommendation of my friend who I was telling you about earlier with the precious moments figurine and the vomiting. She, um, <laughs> we did have an extensive conversation about vomiting before we started. And <laughs> drinking hot chocolate. I know, while no we less. drink rich hot chocolate. With wine in it. No, my, my best friend from way, 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 way back, Jessica, recommended that I read this book called Demon Copperhead. <gasps> I've read it. It was really good. It is so good. It's a Barbara King solver book. So it wasn't a hard sell for her to get me to do it because I've read Poisonwood Bible and. She's a beautiful writer. She does oh amazing work. But Demon Copperhead is a really good, so good book, and it's about growing up in Virginia, wait, Lee County, Virginia, right? It's Virginia, and it's um, it's about growing up in Appalachia, and it's yeah. about it's it's about people. It's about people and the struggle of growing up in a rural, poor, yeah, um, area that like has little opportunity. Mm-hmm. It's very, very good. It's like I I, I can't. Yeah, I don't want to say too much about it, but it's a it's definitely okay, I just worth downloaded the read. It on Audible. I yeah. was I told I think I texted. Did I text you when I finished it? And I was yeah. like, I think you might like this book. You know, there are times when it is a little hard to get through. Yeah. For its own reasons, because there's mm-hmm. stuff in there that's probably really relatable for a lot oh, of people. So relatable. And I mean, not stuff to me, in there that like, yeah. it's it's rough. It is I mean, rough. It's hard to get through because it's hard for the characters to get through. Yeah. So, but it's it's just a very very good book, and it's well rounded, and it's well researched, and it's from somebody who 
kind of had people in the area and oh, in the yeah. mountains and kind of knew where she was coming from. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, that's my recommendation. I second that recommendation. That one up. And I didn't know until I read the acknowledgments at the end that it came. It was inspired by David, uh, Copperfield. David Copperfield. Demon Copperhead, David Copperfield. And <laughs> I never made the connection all yeah. the way through. Anyway. Yeah. So, yes, that's my last recommendation. No, absolutely. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. And, and it's worth like if you struggle through it it's worth it till the end it is because uh, there was a moment in the middle where i was like i don't know how much more of this yeah but it was it was definitely worth it mm-hmm. it was definitely worth it there we go you want to take a break and then hit stories yeah so all right thank you for listening to this strange you love it don't even pretend <laughs> movie <laughs> and book recommendations <laughs> we'll see you in just a sec do you want more strange south every week we can help. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and you can join our Facebook fan group, Fans of the Strange South Podcast, to keep the chat going with our whole creepy community. Do you have a story idea for us or a story of your own to share? Email us at stories at thestrangesouth.com. Plus, if you join our Patreon, you not only help support the podcast, you get an exclusive bonus episode for every show and a discount on merch. You can find links to all of these things on our website, thestrangesouth.com, along with photos, links, and show notes from every episode, Strange South t-shirts, mugs, and other goodies. See you there. Madison Way, (laughs) past and fourth grade. I watched that movie too many times, obviously. <laughs> I don't think I've ever, like, finished it. Well, I did love Adam Sandler. <laughs> I was a big SNL fan back in those 90s. <sighs> good, good times. From Adam Sandler to Andy Sandberg. To Andy Sandberg. I'm going to tell you, that's my golden, like, that's my, like, that's what I want to do the most, is go see Saturday Night Live. I was going to say, like, be Andy Sandberg? Now I know. Now I know, after mm-hmm. doing this, getting on the Stephen Colbert tickets. You know, you know what to do. Yes. And you've got to build your profile better. And I think that's how they picked who's going to sit up front, too. You put mm. your profile in this and it tells you the more you put it in, the more likely you are to get chosen. But I think some of the people that got VIP and got to sit up front and that the um, there was a warm up comedian and he called people up on stage and it just happened to be people that were. I watched them go in and I could tell they didn't really know for sure. They were like, we got VIP tickets. We're not, you know, they weren't rich and famous. Mm-hmm. One was a theater professor. From the place Randy's about to go. Yeah. California, Pennsylvania. That's why it was. Yeah. That's why it was memorable. It's California, (laughs) California, University of Pennsylvania or something. University of California in Pennsylvania. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, I just heard that recently because Randy was like, I'm about to go on a trip. To the University of California. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And he goes, at Pennsylvania. And I was like, what? That's not as cool. <laughs> I mean, I like Pennsylvania and all, but. They did that on purpose. So, <laughs> that's kind of like how we get away with like Jacksonville here. Mm-hmm. And everybody thinks it's Jacksonville, Florida. Exactly. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Jackson, yeah. We're Come on like, down to Jacksonville. There's lots to do here. Mm-hmm, only five hours away from the beach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so right. that was interesting. I think you got to build that profile up. But also Saturday Night Live tickets. You can't try for them until, like, the ones for 24 are already gone. Oh, wow. Wow. You do it the August before this season. Like, What do they do when people cow. drop out? There's probably standby, but mm. you they open it. I have someone to remember on my birthday every year. That's what I'm supposed to go <laughs> in and try to get SNL tickets for next year. Oh, yeah. And then you base a trip on being, that's yes, what you'd exactly. have to do, is you'd mm-hmm. have to base a trip on. Exactly. You can't decide you're going and then go to, you got to. 
but the tickets are free like free so if yeah, you can't, was, if it's like falls on a weekend when you're doing something else, you could just say like, oh, no, I'm have right. to release these. What do you do? Yeah. But for free, that was a really cool show to see live music and stars. Oh my gosh. How the sausage is made, which is what Stephen Colbert <laughs> said, watching him do stand up and monologue. That'd classic. be so cool. It was really cool. SNL. What's next? <laughs> I feel like we are an SNL skit right now. <laughs> like sweaty balls. <laughs> I know. When we're like, Marla has her Afghan on. <laughs> She's getting warmed up over here. That's all right. We had to turn the heater off because it uh, makes a lot of noise. Oh, so now we're cold. freezing. For There's y'all. one behind you. Oh, good. I have my own Afghan. You do. And enjoy, yeah. bitches. Oh, lovely, lovely. <laughs> mm. Mm. Delicious. All right, y'all, let's get started. My references for this story that I'm excited about, I'm like building this up and you're going to go like, oh, what? I already heard this. <laughs> no, we're going to go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> so uh, I was Atlas Obscura, creepy pod, a creepy pasta podcast. Mm-hmm. I'll say that three times fast. And the PBS Stories YouTube channel. Cool. Okay. All right. So I found this new to me folklore from Appalachia and it's a lot of it. The reason I don't think that we've heard it a lot is because it's mostly oral history and the origin of it has been pretty hard to trace. The last person that like tried to trace this was like seven, like 70 years ago. They tried to trace down the origin of this folklore and it was um, a linguist, Francis Bradley, Brandley, sorry from the University of South Carolina, and he traced the emergence of this legend back to the um, 19th century when families would collect ashes from the fireplace and store it in a barrel behind their house for making soap. Hmm. So this is the story of Soap Sally. Soap Sally. Have you heard about this? I I feel like you said something about it once, and that's it. I've never said anything about this. Okay, I don't know then. Tell me. (laughs) Okay, I'm glad. All right. So let's talk about making soap, first of all. To make soap, you have to have wood, or one of the ways to make soap. Back in the day, before you can go out to like the general store and buy soap, you would like collect wooden ash in a barrel, and then you would mix it with water to produce lye. And when you would mix, you know, I think you'd like let the lye, let the water and ashes sit for a few days. You'd boil it, let it sit for a few days. Let the lye lie. Let the lye lie. And um, you had to use rainwater and you boiled the ash, allowed it to sit, and then you drained it and drained the lye out of the mixture. And then you mixed it with animal fat and then you would cook it down to soap. Lye is actually pretty toxic, which is kind of weird. So I guess it's the chemical process that happens when you boil the wood, ash, and the water. Uh, Because like after it becomes lye, if it touches your skin or if you drink it or breathe it or anything like that, it's like it's sodium hydroxide. So and it can cause severe burns. And, you know, if you drink it or inhale it or whatever, you like immediately start vomiting. It's mm. nausea, diarrhea, chest pains, stomach pains, uh, swallowing difficulties. It will do damage to your mouth, throat and stomach immediately because it's it's almost kind of like an acid. It has like Ugh. that caustic acid kind of. Um, so it's really like you don't you wear gloves. You're very careful with it. But lie. Weirdly enough, and I don't know, you know, sometimes you think about 
you know, over the course of history, how people figured this shit I know, out. That's where I am. I'm like, so, how did they figure well, out to do this? If it's toxic then? to your skin, is it adding the fat that keeps it from being toxic? How's it not toxic once you're making it into soap? You know, that's a good question. Oh, okay, I have no idea. But mm-hmm. also, lye is used in traditional German pretzels. So the what? the dough is actually dipped uh, in a lye solution to make it chewy and have that smooth mahogany exterior. Ooh. As well as bagels. Mm. Bagels are also dipped in a lye solution to make them chewy. They are weird. And they still are. I think so. I'm sure it's a different kind of, you know, probably safer. Interesting. But but so it's like you, so you can dip it, your bread dough in it, and it's okay. Like, who figured this out? (laughs) Like, did somebody accidentally, like, dunk their bread and yeasts or (laughs) lye? Yeah, it's just it's just really weird. I, I really like to know like how many people died for that experiment. <laughs> how many people died for pretzels <laughs> and bagels? The reason that you probably haven't heard about soap, Sally, is because you know we've stopped making our own soap. We mm-hmm. don't do this anymore, so it's not really a story that we can use or folklore that we can use. So, who is Soap Sally, and what is her story? So, this I'm going to tell you a version of the story, and this is from Tallapoosa. Georgia, and it was from the Tallapoosa Memories on Facebook. Soap Sally lived in a small mill town somewhere around Tallapoosa, Georgia, or maybe it was North Carolina or Tennessee. Anyways, wherever it was, Soap Sally lived on top of a big old hill near the local swimming hole. She had three big black kettles in her front yard where she would do the washing for the whole town. All around those three kettles, she had long clotheslines stretching between across, between across supports to hang the laundry up. On a windy day in her yard, a, it was a beautiful sight with clothing of all colors fluttering on the lines like flags of every nation. In fact, if you saw Soap Sally during the day, you'd think she was just a regular old washerwoman. But folks that lived in the mill town knew otherwise. If you stayed around town after dark and looked up on the hill by the swimming hole, you would see the fire and the embers still burning under those big kettles. See, Soap Sally did the washing by day, but by night she made soap, and it wasn't any ordinary soap. Sally roamed the town at night, gathering up children who misbehaved. She'd stuff them in a croaker sack, not Kroger. No, Kroger. Not Kroger sack. Margaret Kroger. Kroger like like a <laughs> like in her Stuck Walmart in her public bag. bag. <laughs> and she'd take them home and then kill them. Oh. And use their fat in their bodies to make her soap. So children around town were constantly warned, be home before dark, our soap Sally will get you. <laughs> Stay out of those fields, our soap Sally will get you. If you don't mind your ma. Soap, soap Sally will get you. The children who obeyed survived while those who didn't vanished as quickly as a soap bubble pricked by a needle. Some folks said that the parents of really bad children didn't even wait for Soap Sally to come collect their wayward <laughs> children. <laughs> they just gave them to her. But here you go. With a big old bow. <laughs> Years passed and Soap Ooh. Sally died. Now before you breathe a sigh of relief, let me tell you, they say that her ghost still roams the South every night, and rumors has it that she's still in the soap-making business. 
Ooh. Ooh. So that is just like a version of Soap Sally. That's a fun one. Mm-hmm. What with all the children murder and everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah, fun. absolutely. So there's many different versions of the story floating around. There was there was a really great version of the story on Creepy Pot. God damn it. Creepy Pasta. Creepy Pasta podcast. The old woman only comes out at night. She's not the washerwoman of the town. Like the people in the town don't know about her, except for to warn their children. It's like if you don't do your chores, Soap Sally's going to come get you. But she only comes out at night and she has a cart instead of a um, Kroger bag. <laughs> What's a Kroger bag? I don't really know. It's spelled like croak, like frog croaks. E-R. Okay. I'm going to look it up. Burlap sack. Probably. That's what I'm thinking. Is this like a Krampus thing? Like It sounds like a Krampus thing. Or is it a croaker bag? Is it a a frog bag? Mm. I don't know. Interesting. A sack of coarse material. That's it. Thanks. There you you go. Internet. So uh, she only comes out at night. She has a cart instead of a basket. She's friendly and helpful leading children, you know, out to her shack or cottage at night on the outskirts of town. Sometimes she's described as like a haggard, witch-like figure, while others she's more of an unassuming elderly woman. And she has been described also as like a shape-shifting crone who lurks in the woods. So there's like several variations of what she looks like and her behavior. She has been described as six feet tall and six feet wide. Wow. Having a black dress or a black cloak <laughs> and tons of makeup. That's so weird. That is not what I expected it at all. A big- Square person. <laughs> exactly. She's, like, she's square. What was those books when we were kids? Little Miss Happy and oh, but one of them was square. I think a lot of them I know were round. I think the they circles. were all all round. Yeah. Uh she also, you know Flat Stanley. She ha- Flat Sally. <laughs> Flat Sally. <laughs> Sorry. That's that's fine. Round <laughs> Sally. So she had t- she'd wear tons of makeup like she was trying to cover up something. The tell lives mostly, like I said, in North Georgia, North Carolina, and Tennessee. However, in the Atlanta area, there is a version of Soap Sally um, where they are a black employee of a white-owned commercial laundry. Hmm. So feeding into those harmful racial stereotypes, I'm sure, to scare the shit out of white people's children to do their chores and everything. Soap Sally, like range, her behavior ranges from overtly menacing to being sneakily deceptive. And, you know, it all ends with the same lazy, disobedient children becoming soap. Sometime <laughs> the soap are created in bars wrapped up in wax paper. And one of the things in the stories that I've read you didn't mention, but kind of like rounds out the whole deal is like, she would deliver the soap to the parents of the missing ah. children. Oh my god! So they would end up washing with their children. That's so whoa bad and so bad. So sometimes X Files episodes, right? <laughs> sometimes these soaps are bars <laughs> wrapped die. up in wax paper. Sometimes the soap is in the shape of children's oh, hands, God. which is sick and twisted on so many different levels. So many different oh, levels. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. If Soap Sally sounds a little bit familiar, it's because she's the witch in the woods that is judging you. Mm-hmm. She's the elderly woman, which plays on into traditional folklore motives of like the crone or the witch figure. She's a common... um archetype 
uh, used to instill fear or convey like cautionary messages. Uh, fear because she is a woman. Oh, women. She is a woman she who. Women. Well, I mean, she's six by. She could she's be women. Every woman. She could. Be, she could be every woman six by six. Right? <laughs> every six by six woman in the world. You need the depth, though. <laughs> I'm still picturing a flat person. Well, six feet tall is yeah wide, but uh, they don't. They, deep. But they they don't just yeah they don't describe her as like rotund or anything like that. They they describe her as like skeletal almost, like yeah. her skin like you could see through her skin which is the reason that she wears so much makeup mm-hmm. to kind of hide the fact that she's just kind of like like they, they describe it almost like wax mm-hmm. over bones she's made of soap yeah yeah she is made of soap people soap people soap soap is people <laughs> fear <clears throat> fearing women the apes <laughs> fearing women so who live outside the community in a non-traditional, independent, and frowned-upon manner. So she is without a husband or family, and of course, she is devious and menacing. And in the case of Sally, she is judge and executioner, but also with a little bit of entrepreneurial flair. (laughs) I mean, she got a soap business. These days, so if we don't understand soap anymore, let's just revive this folklore as like essential oils <laughs> like, she, but nobody wants the smell of children to be what comes out of their diffuser you know, like. the cries of small bad behaved children <laughs> honestly when they described when i was reading and they described uh soap sally as being six by six feet uh when I've read Hug and Molly of Ivyville, yes, they just descri- she was really tall. They and, yeah, but they described her also in a, a variation that I read where she was six feet tall by six feet wide. I wonder if that was just a. Um, do you think that was a colloquialism, like oh. just something yeah. that was commonly used like as like this woman was broad and tall, mm-hmm. round as he is tall, tall as he is round? Yeah, mm-hmm. idea. All right. I think I'm, I'm wondering if part of what I'm remembering might be uh, there was a story that I told ages and ages ago, I think that was local, that might have been from outside Gadsden. That was about a witch woman that lived up on the hill and right. stole children. Yes. And the town went and like eventually burned down her house and stuff. But um, I wonder if that came from the Soap Sally story. Oh, it could have. Well, I mean, it's such a common motive. In, yeah. Um, in, uh, you know, all of these tales, just different you know, outcomes for the children. Old women must not live. <clears throat> right. You know, strange old woman who wants to, who wants to live by me? I want to live by myself outside of town. Nobody like come by. With know, entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. With, yeah. Come by and make somebody be right. So there is a dramatic folklore of Hansel and Gretel. Yes. It's the witch in the woods, abandoned children lured by a house made of candy. They're captured. And, you know, the witch supposedly makes food out of you know eats the children mm-hmm. and the children outsmart the witch who wants to eat them and they get away mm-hmm. so there's kind of a similar theme of of the soap sally a little bit friendlier but you know the children outsmart the witch in the end there's also a slavic folklore of baba yaga baba yaga uh who is the same elderly female antagonist uh instead of you know, hunting or preying on children, Baba Yaga just minds her own business until she is like stumbled upon by children or even the children are given to her or they stumble upon her house, which is a hut on chicken legs. Chicken legs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And when she comes across the children, she's either threatens them or she captures them. But it usually has to do with domestic chores and them completing a task for her so that she can test their virtue. And almost always the protagonist is released or escapes. So it's like Hansel and Gretel. Like they don't end up in the soup Mm. or, or the soap. Uh, or the soap or the baked goods or the baked goods you know they outsmart you know the witch in the woods and they you know learned their lesson and morals are had and consequences (laughs) felt and all that stuff so with Baba Yaga if the wicked children don't do the chores then she I do think she eats them and uses their skull as a fence post or puts their skull on the fence post. That's enough of a warning, children. Don't yeah. stumble mm. upon this house yeah. with skull fence posts yeah. and chicken legs. No, and also, like, don't talk to strangers. No kidding. Yeah. Don't talk to the old crone in the woods with the chicken legs. Yeah, she don't want to talk to you. So uh, with Soap Sally, there are no second chances. She's looking for misbehaved children specifically. It's like her day job because <laughs> she has soap to make. So she works at a public library for story time. She's like, to you, the little redheaded one. <laughs> so soaps, Soap Sally's tale is rooted in a time where soap making was like a familiar household chore, and which is why we probably have never really heard about it or it hasn't really been passed down um, as much. However, there is a tale of a real live soap, Sally. What? And y'all, it doesn't take place in the South, but I felt like I needed to talk about the real life saga of uh, Leonardo Cenciulli. Is this Italy? It is Italy. I was going to say it sounded mm-hmm. Italian. Oh. Which was the soap maker of Correggio. 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 Yeah. Sounds okay. good. Correggio. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to fuck this up, y'all. Okay. So anyway, Leonardo, I'm just going to, I'm not even going to fucking say her that last name. That should be right. Yeah. Leonardo was born um, in Monticello, uh, Vellino, uh, in what was the Kingdom of Italy in 1894. And, you know. Well, that's not that old. Yeah. So, But this is like the Thomas Soap Sally, too, mm-hmm. that would be told. She was 23 years old. She married a registry office clerk called Raphael. Pansardi, Pansardi, Pansardi. Uh, her mother didn't approve of the marriage uh, as she had planned to marry her to another man. So Leonardo later claimed that her mother cursed them. So in 1921, when she was 27 years old, they moved to um, Pansardi's native town and she was, you know, they were living there and she got sentenced and imprisoned for fraud. I don't know oh. what kind of fraud. Okay. But uh, they stayed there until 1927, and after her release, she moved. They moved both to um, Lacedonia, uh, Avellino. Oh, fuck! They moved somewhere <laughs> else. Okay, and when they moved here, their home was destroyed in 1930 by um, the uh, Euripania uh, earthquake. Oh no! And so then they had to move to Coriaggio, and. When they were there, she opened up a small shop because she also is an entrepreneur. Mm. And she became very popular and well-respected by her neighbors. 
Leonardo had 17 pregnancies Jesus. Uh, during her marriage. Oh, clearly she was insane then after. Uh, but lost three of the children to miscarriage. Ten more of her children died in their youth. Jesus. And then consequently, Leonardo was heavily protective of her four surviving children. Oh, my God. Her fears were fueled, obviously, because her, her mom cursed her. And also, she was warned by a fortune teller who predicted that she would have children, but all would die young. Uh So she had this curse. Fortune tellers tellers were telling her she was fucked. Mm. That sounds like a familiar story that one of y'all have told about all your children will die young. Mm. And then... Or it could just be the House of Usher. Oh, shit, it was. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it was Edgar Allan Poe. Not y'all. Sorry. (laughs) We appreciate the comparison. The the comparison. Good. I don't know why I said it like that. I'm sorry. Say all. All. So anyway, so after she saw the fortune teller, of course, she visited a Romani palm reader who told her... In your right hand, I see prison, and in your left, a criminal asylum. Wow, that's pretty dark. I know. So in 1939, she had learned that her eldest son, uh, Giuseppe, was going to join the Royal Italian Army for World War II. World War II. Mm -hmm. Uh And determined to protect him, she believed his safety required human sacrifices. (sighs) Leonardo. Sounds like House of Usher. <laughs> yeah, right. So Faustina Setti, the first victim, was a spinster who sought Leonardo's help to find a husband. She was lured with the story of a suitor and told to, uh, to keep it secret and instructed to write letters to be sent after her arrival. Leonardo killed her with an axe and dragged the body into a closet where she cut it into nine parts, gathering the blood into a basin. Leonardo described what happened next from her official statement. Holy shit. During her trial. Wow. Wow. She said, I threw the pieces into a pot, (gasps) added seven kilos of caustic soda, which I had bought to make soap, and stirred the mixture until the pieces dissolved into a thick, dark mush that I poured into several buckets and emptied in a nearby septic tank. As for the blood in the basin, I waited until it congealed, dried it in the oven, ground it, and mixed it with flour, sugar, chocolate, milk, and eggs. No. As well as a bit of margarine. (laughs) Needed all the ingredients together, and I made lots of crunchy tea cakes and served them to the ladies who came to visit, along with Giuseppe. The fuck? Who also ate them. She ate them too. She crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, so Leonardo, no. and that's cannibalism. Yeah, Leonardo Oy. also Oof. obtained Seti's life savings, like as a bonus of three thirty thousand lire. The next victim was Francesca So Sovahi, who was lured by the promise um, of like a job at a school. Leonardo repeated the pattern of the murder. She drugged. Uh, Francesca with wine and then used an axe. She disposed of uh, Francesca's body like Seti's and took the 3,000 lire from her. Her last victim was Virginia Cachopo. 
uh, who was a widow and former soprano, and she believed to have sung in La Scala. La Scala. Yeah, La Scala, an historic opera house in Milan. Wow. So Leonardo lured her in with the job as a secretary for um, uh, impresar- Impresario, which is like a film or TV producer, but for opera and plays in Florence. So the pattern to the murder was the same as the first two. However, unlike the first two, Leonardo's body was melted to make soap. And then or the whatever her name wait, was. Wait, not Leonardo's this. No, sorry. V- Leonardo melted Virginia, the body. Or ver- whatever. Yeah. Virginia. Um, and she made this statement. She says, she ended up in the pot like the other two, her flesh with spat and white. Ooh. When it had melted, I had a bottle of cologne. And after a long time on the boil, I was able to make some acceptable creamy soap. I gave bars to neighbors and acquaintances. The cakes, too, were better. That woman was really sweet. Oh, my God. I'm really glad we stopped like, drinking that uh, hot chocolate. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, oh, we that rich, really, creamy shit would have really done thinking? us over. <laughs> like, mm, all these little gritty bitties in here. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, the soprano, I would think she was thicker. Right? I'm just being like, stereotyping opera, opera she, singers. Opera but, yeah. divas. She was five so. by five. She was five, five, five. Five, five. <laughs> she was five, five. You got to have the third one in there for me to understand. Five, uh, five, 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 five. Round it, round it. Yeah, she was five, 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 five. Oh, my she God. She was five cubed. <laughs> so, Leonardo received 50,000 oh. 50, lire. This is in the 30s, How is she 40s? getting her hands on their money? That's what, I, I guess maybe it was all, like, actual money and not, like, bank money and bonds. Right. And, well, they thought that they were going away, so they had, like, all their life savings yeah, with them on the true. journey. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And so, she was like, yeah, come by for tea, like, right afterwards. Don't forget to bring your lira. Yeah, like, come on, bring your suitcase in. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she got her jewels. She had public bonds. Bonds, and she sold her Damn. clothing um, and shoes. Well, yeah, it was wartime. Yeah. They were going to yeah. have their things with them. Yeah. Right. I mean. So Damn. Virginia, the opera singer's uh, sister-in-law, reported her disappearance after seeing her enter, enter Leonardo's house. Oh. And so the police investigation led to Leonardo's arrest, and she confessed to the murders to protect her sons, because first they kind of went after her sons, thinking mm. that she probably... You know, being a woman was not capable of murder mm-hmm. to this extent. And so to protect her fu- her son, she confessed to the murder. So in 1946, there was a trial and she w- stood trial, was unrepentant and was very detailed, as you have heard in her statements about what had happened and was sentenced to 30 years in prison and three years in oh, 30 years prison and three years in a criminal asylum. One hand and the other. Mm-hmm. Yep. So in 1970, she died of a wow. stroke in the criminal asylum. 1970. Mm-hmm. She was like 76 years yeah, old. Yeah, I was say so her she, was almost up for 30 years. It'd yeah. Almost 30. 40, so she, she held with that the reason that she had done this was to like protect sacrifice people to protect her son in war. Mm-hmm. That's so weird. So it was like, it doesn't sound like. Did he like, go to war? I don't even know. Mm. I don't even know. Interesting. Yeah. Did Interesting. It I mean, it, 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 it didn't say that he died. <laughs> did it work? So. I might consider this. 
have no children to protect. <laughs> just my cats. I'm just thinking, like, it's got to be I'm not hard to turn anybody to soap for that. <laughs> it's got to be hard to kill somebody with an axe, you know? Like, it, that, that can't be gruesome. Easy. That is gruesome. Yeah. Especially in your house. Like, it's got to leave a mess. How? I mean, this woman had to be picking up like and throwing into really. Pot. She was God. she was like five six by five by, by five yeah. too. Yeah, she was she was a pretty stout woman. There are Ooh. artifacts from this case displayed in the criminological museum in Rome, including the pot used for boiling the victims. Ooh. And then the story, wow. the story inspired Love and Magic and Mama's Kitchen. <gasps> what? A darkly comedic play. Oh my God! Nuh-uh. By Lena uh, Wertemurler. Uh, that's what it says. <laughs> <laughs> Which was produced uh, at a festival. In 1979, and then later on Broadway in 1983. Oh, Broadway? damn. Mm-hmm. That's what? crazy. Something in Mama's Kitchen, what? No, it was uh, Love and Magic Love in and Mama's magic. Kitchen. So while Soap Sally is a terrifying cautionary tale and fear tactic used to control children's behavior, uh, it makes you wonder just how many people actually really ended up as Soap. How many people are in your soap? <laughs> Oddly enough, strangely enough, again, never heard of Soap Sally before last week, Ooh. ever. There is a song sung by Nuh-uh. Tommy Rowe, who was a 70s folk singer about Soap Sally, and then also was picked up and sung by Ray Stevens. What? I oh, know. damn. That's that is so cool. my story of Soap Sally. That's yeah, a good one, Patrice. That was a very good one. <laughs> Thank y'all so much for listening, and we'll see you next week on the B-Side. Bye. Bye, y'all. Oh, my God.